How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Yeah! That's pretty good. Yeah! There you go. Um, same. That's good. That you're on the same <laughs> hype level as me. <laughs> no, that's exaggerated. That's that's me trying to rise to your level of energy. Um, Are you saying you're more laid back than me? Jake, mm-hmm. look at the rings under my eye. I don't care how deep your voice is, right? <laughs> look at the rings under my eyes that are just uh-huh. ca- baked in. I mean, I literally have genetic rings under my eyes, though. Like, they just, I have shadows under my eyes forever. I thank my grandfather for that. Do you? Uh, well, no, he's he's dead. But lean, the, lean in. <laughs> the other one. Lean in. Let me look. Let me look at you. I I have bags under my eyes forever. I mean, I see them now. I'm uh-huh. but I'm not recalling like every time i've seen you like ah that that facial feature he always has right well i think that's normal i think people people kind of i know at least guys i don't i'm I'm not being sexist here i just don't want to speak for other people's experiences but amongst the friends that are guys that i've known it's like once they know the person um they tend to not care about a lot of other things like if someone showed up in pajamas one day i'd be like huh that looks comfortable. That's it. Like my inquis- <laughs> my my curiosity has died, <laughs> and I just accept this as normal. <laughs> um, but similar for like facial things or whatever, you just see people as people, which is you know that's kind of nice. I will say I'm a little bit better than that. Like if you drastically change your hairstyle, I would notice and call that out. Mm. Or if you like had like a entirely new hoodie or something, I'd be like. Right. Is that new? Um, but yeah, I get a lot of that. Just kind of like, that's just who they are. I'm not... Guys don't follow up on that stuff. Like, is that a new shirt? You're like, oh, it's it's <laughs> that person, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing that stands out to that extent. I will say that I am on the lower... I, I say this over and over again, but perception, perception is a dump stat. I do not notice things. Um, so part of this is just justifying my own behavior and reaction to others. Um, I'll give other people some rope. They can say that they notice such things, but for me, I mean, like uh, some people I will, I will say some people you can really, really tell when they're tired, right? They're just like, they look defeated. They just pulled themselves out of a battlefield. But I think some of that is like a wear it on their sleeve type. Cause like I've been on Discord and like somebody's like a little bit coffee or something and I was like, or they just sound like a little bit stuffed up or congested. Then it's like, uh-huh. oh my god, you must be sick. These are you know sick indicators. Yeah. Whereas like you can just not have that, still feel like shit, and nobody would have. I mean, granted, it is a voice medium in this case, mm-hmm. but like would have no fucking idea. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, not really thinking- a thought. Uh, sorry, the, the two were like one. Um, Dear God, we've lost in the third minute of the podcast already. <laughs> That's all right. Do you but know how much some... time we had? Like, what a pause we had after uh, our, our initial opening. I was just like, how long can we go with this? And even <laughs> I started to reach to the point of, this is too long of a pause for a podcast. <laughs> People are going to think that the episode's over. <laughs> 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 Thanks, everybody. Uh-huh. But it was the, the two thoughts where one is the frustration of I don't like that that exists. I understand why it exists mm-hmm. of like, you can't see people's suffering or like discomfort or anything unless like they literally say, Hey, or unless it's like the case of like, Oh, you're actively bleeding from the face. Is something right. wrong? Yes. That's one thing. And then the other part of it was if you're willing to share, uh, there was something I put on your person or i guess in your jacket that you did not discover for a week or two right was this was this the cup was it a cup was that what it was or was it some other i wouldn't call it a cup as much a glass. as a, was it a shot glass? Yeah. yeah 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 so this is a, a phallic shot glass i think if i recall correctly yeah um yeah that was funny uh you put it in my hoodie i think when returning it because i left it over at your at your house yeah 
And then when you came by, you dropped it off, and I was like, excellent. And it would have been years if you didn't say anything. <laughs> and you said something, and I still forgot, and it still took me a while to actually go and check it. Um, but time is a flat circle. Like, none of this means, none of this makes, it's all a simulation. What would have been great is if I just never mentioned it. It mm. had passed enough time to the point you didn't remember. You had just no context for how it would have gotten there in the first place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your hands in your pocket and you're like, what is this? And then you bring out like a peanut shot glass, like <laughs> on a Zoom call or uh-huh. out at the grocery store. It's just you're like, what? Well, what's funny is statistically, it probably would have come up the next time I was at your apartment, actually, because <laughs> like, oh, I that don't would visit be- that many other places. <laughs> so I feel like that wouldn't land as heavily mm-hmm. because then you would assume you just smuggled it in yeah hands. just smuggled like oh did mm-hmm. dave hug me for an extra two seconds what were, what were his hands doing <laughs> like you're analyzing a magician's trick yes yeah this is actually this is this is funny we were, we were talking about this um incidental noticing something it's like oh if you saw a green car and you're like huh green cars are cool you're more likely to notice when you see green cars yeah um there's a phenomenon for this uh I don't know, I'm going to figure out what it is by searching for it. Um, but uh, just recently I saw on YouTube uh, a clip from Catch Me If You Can. Not Catch Me If You Can. Because Catch Me If You Can is the one about counterfeiting money. Um, I've heard the name of the movie. I could not tell you anything else. Yeah, but it's the one with the uh, the magicians. It's a bunch of like Hollywood magicians and it's got some people nobody knows. I can't remember. No, I mean, people everybody knows can't remember the name of it it's not a good movie but i watched a clip of it and now i realize that we're talking about sleight of hand and this was not but uh, a few moments ago um that i actually saw this clip not while oh is it is it the one where like they're passing around a card yes while being investigated by security okay yeah yeah. yeah. i've seen that one clip nothing else uh now you see me is what it's called now you see okay um yeah. So also a huge marketing mistake because the first movie was called Now You See Me and the second one was not called Now You Don't. Like I get why they had to say like Now You See Me too, but right? Like it's already campy. Yeah. I don't know. Make it the tagline at least. Now You See Me colon Now You Don't. Boom. That would make more sense. Part of the now you if see you me just series. Had now you don't you'd be like <laughs> what, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyone who doesn't hasn't seen the first movie is absolutely lost it's like hey do you want to go see now you don't you would assume that person <laughs> fucked up a title it's like what <laughs> what movie do you want to go see <laughs> yeah that uh, that doesn't land very well do you want to go see uh tomorrow not today what <laughs> uh yeah or edge of tomorrow or something like that it's all good but the the morning or, or do you yeah. mean dusk I, what do you mean <laughs> it is fake it's fake um but that's it that's a requisite amount of non-topic time what do we want to talk about today i was thinking an actual game title sure we went, like it's what like do you want an actual game Yakuza like a drag. No, wait, we okay. already did that one. Right. Fuck. Okay. That's well, no, no huh. but uh, maybe it's. What do you mean, no? We we didn't do like. Oh yeah, we did. I was. We did. I did, hadn't played it. We did. We did. See yeah. what happened when we had that. Whereas we're now completely deterred yeah. <laughs> from the episode. Mm-hmm. We had that episode with Dan. Yeah. And then Dan was the only one who played it at that time, right? Yeah. And then I played it. And then at some point in the future, you're going to play it. Yes. Maybe we should just do another episode with it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Frequency illusion is what it's called. Or Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. Frequency bias. I feel so sorry for anybody trying to follow along to us. <laughs> <laughs> I am really sorry. <laughs> but I was thinking maybe as an alternate to that, we could talk about God of War Ragnarok. Sure. Have you played that? I did play that um, after you left it at my house. Which... I make it sound like I play the games that you leave at my house, but this is more of an outlier than the rule. Um, What's crazy, that was in his pocket right next to the penis shot glass. Uh-huh, yeah. Still didn't notice. <laughs> it's a full, full, it, was a, it was just the disc. It's very, very risky. Um, but yeah, God of War Ragnarok. This is the, um, 
the second game we've covered in the God of War series. And it's like five, six, I don't know. But the second one in the uh, the rebooted thingamajig. Yeah, I'd say similar to Doom. I feel no need or desire to go back and play or cover the older games. Mm-hmm. Well, we already did. <laughs> oh, you're talking. Oh, yeah, you're talking about for uh, old God of War, old God of War, and old Doom. Like we're not playing mm-hmm. Doom one, two, and three. Yeah. Retro Ahoy has already done such a good job on the Doom series that I'm just gonna recommend people check that out. His his content's already better than ours, anyways. Like, but he's done stuff for Doom, so I can specifically say that. Friend of the show. What does your um, podcast talk about? They jump around a lot and usually promote other creators. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, like, what would we talk about for an old game like Doom? It would be very difficult because, like. It's not that those games are unfun, but they just don't really have the depth. I do think we could kind of cover God of War old games to a certain extent, but they're not like the new ones. Hot take. Speaking of the new one, (laughs) what did you like about this one uh, compared to, or actually even just going into it? Obviously, we played God of War 2017. Yeah. Um, What were your expectations going into it? Were you expecting them to blow it up be more the same mm-hmm. were you expecting good things from it going in i feel like it was 2018 but i'm not 100 percent sure so i'm gonna i'm good to go with 17 as well i'm getting a head shake definitely 17 i haven't looked it up I, okay that's fair <laughs> it's an educated um, guess so i tried to go into it without like crazy high expectations but unfortunately when you play a game after it's been nominated for a lot of awards and won a lot of reward awards it's kind of hard to completely diverse divorce your expectations from that um but i i don't know i really enjoyed the previous god of war obviously and it kind of left off with this oh also full spoilers if you like autoplayed to this we're just gonna freaking talk about everything uh that's your uh, that's your off ramp see you guys come back you know whatever um but yeah spoilers for ragnarok uh ever since we got the teaser with like thor showing up I was like, I'm still in this, right? I'm still invested. It did feel kind of like a little bit of an intermission, but an intermission for like Lord of the Rings where you could just leave in the middle and like go out and do something else for a week and then come back and be like, I am now ready to consume more content, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted some minor improvements really on top of that. I didn't expect anything earth shattering. I would say I'm in a similar or I was in a similar camp um, and I felt like it kind of perfectly met those expectations because mm-hmm. again like it was so much of it was the same as far as gameplay it was what I remembered playing um, several years back but they built upon it as far as some of the gameplay story etc we'll get into more of that in a sec yeah but it wasn't like coming back to it I'm like ah yes this is why I like this. Not, uh-huh. huh. I, it didn't feel foreign going back yeah. to it. Nice. They didn't do a genre shift. This isn't Halo Wars to Halo, right? <laughs> it's not like, okay, now for in this RTS, in this MOBA, you'll be playing as Kratos, the god of war, <laughs> right? Like, remember to stay behind your creeps, Kratos. Like, um, <laughs> they didn't do anything like that. It's It's very much... There's like a recap option in the menu to like catch up. And I, I didn't click it, but I appreciate when games do that, especially if it's been a couple of years. I think um, I don't remember if I did or not. I feel like I must have because they kind of shotgun th- through or maybe watch on YouTube the key points towards the end of the last game. Yeah. Which is helpful for context because I forgot a lot of characters and what had happened specifically. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted the like the rough high level notes of here's what happened and why it's important. Like, cool. We don't need to go to every single specific and side quest and how it tied in, but just having the context of uh, specifically who Freya is and why she's mad. Uh That was a good thing. That's a big uh, one. Yeah. Very early on in the game, Freya shows up 
and she's still actively trying to murder you. I'm like, mm-hmm. right. I killed her son. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <My bad. laughs> yeah. I think they do a pretty good job with that too. Cause I, I didn't watch the introduction and it's been, you know, as many years as I played the original God of war. Right. Um, so I did feel like they kind of introduced the main plot hooks um, in such a way that you can kind of catch back up. You you don't really have to watch the recap, but it's nice that it's there. And I think more games should do something like that because it almost gives you like, um, we were recently talking about Alan Wake and Alan Wake actually literally does this to an extreme extent where like between chapters, it's like previously on Alan Wake and then we'll like tell you what you just did um as though you set the game down like every half hour you're like okay gotta go for a run (laughs) right like i like that though it's it's fun in an episodic way because one it kind of encourages you to like break it up yes Uh, two they did it also in like wolf among us Mm. and i kind of like like the for something that's more weighted in a story fashion Mm-hmm. That kind of like, hey, here's where the emphasis is on this stuff. Like, sure, maybe did some other things, but it's like, hey, just like these are the high level beats. Like, okay, cool. Next part. Yeah, it's fun to have like those gaming sessions versus like I can't sit down and just even for like a new game like play it for eight hours. When I was mm-hmm. playing God of War Ragnarok in the other room, I had like, oh, this is my specific God of War time. I think I was also sick at the time because remember drinking a fuck ton of tea. Uh huh. But I would sit there for like two hours or two and a half hours exactly. And then like, okay, I'm done. And I'd be like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next. And it was fun to kind of go to like the week by week. I didn't play it for a week at a time. It took me forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you're, you're, you're just conditioned by the anime release approach where it's like you get one piece, <laughs> one content drop every week. And so yeah. people, people can get used to, I think, just engaging in multiple content drops for all of these different things but like my natural inclination is just like i'm gonna watch ghost in the shell this year and that will happen over the course of a week and then it's, then I'm, I'm done that's that's anime uh, I've, I've hit the i've hit the quota do you um, feel because i feel like if i just binge it too much without having those things and something mm-hmm. again that's more story driven or where the story actually matters it is so easy for me to become lost in the weeds yeah. because everything just kind of blends together. If I don't have any like separation, I'm just like, oh, I'm on this main quest. I forget which side quests happened along the way, which ones are tied to what. Yeah. And it's just all like stuff happened. I think some games are worse for that than others. Taking this back to games for a second, because I definitely started to drift off into no man's land. Um ragnarok does a pretty good job of having like a couple main story beats that right now like i could still talk about and will and will still talk about um whereas my memory is not normally too good for like moment to moment gameplay right like i'm not gonna remember all the bosses or whatever the heck but there's a couple standout moments and there's a couple important things that happened um and as long as those are happening at a decent clip and not like overwhelming um i can i can stand to play a little bit longer i definitely had some longer play sessions for ragnarok i mean when you're grinding out the uh not the raiders the barbarians pirates the ber- berserkers berserkers yeah yeah i knew it was a dnd class yes that's not one of them, but yeah. <laughs> I don't well, play D&D. <laughs> Berserker is, it's it's an archetype. Um, See, I, I, I knew what I was doing and I apologize for doing it. <laughs> it, was, it was a bait. It was all a bait. It was, it was a bait, yeah. Or Battle Rager actually is. I don't even know if Berserker is. But anyways. Um, yeah, I didn't have too much of that issue. Uh, Ragnarok also has really good pacing. So it'll say like, here's your peak. Here's where like, oh, you started to drop off a little bit. We're doing a little bit too much talking, a little bit too much puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. Somebody just like punched you into a cutscene, um, And then that cutscene lasted like four seconds and now it's a boss fight or something like that, um, which is pretty much the high, the high point of the series for me. I really do enjoy the combat. Yeah, it feels really good. I found myself exploring a little bit more and actually trying to do more of the optional 
combat and puzzle challenges, usually because they were tied to some type of upgrade material. And I'm like, why does my guy suck? Yeah. P.S. Yeah. It was me the whole time. I sucked. <laughs> but that's not true. I'll, I'll defend you in this. The game does do the... Um, the d- not everything levels around you like skyrim approach where true there are a lot of fights out there that are specifically like this guy has a skull on his health bar <laughs> you can try to fight him he'll kill you in two hits if you fail mm-hmm. to parry two hits you will die also he he has some true combos so <laughs> some of those are multi-hit so good good luck thumbs up and pro parrying is always a mechanic that i forget exists but in my head, like there was specifically the ice worm fight in mm-hmm. uh, Alfheim, in the mm-hmm. Alfheim desert. Right. When I came across that, I first off, I could not find the third fucking pillar for the life of me. It mm-hmm. was around the corner. <sighs> but as I was learning how to do that, I was like, okay, I know what I'm doing wrong and where I'm fucking up. I just kept going back to it for a bit. Yeah. And I think I did that one for like half an hour and I actually was uh, severely under leveled and under skilled at that point but it felt good like keep going back into it mm-hmm. and be like okay i know what to do and how like the fight flows and operates and how i was going to interact with like my special abilities and like when i was going to throw an axe versus versus uh switching to the whips right chains if you will mm-hmm. like it does feel really good to do the combat um but i did notice several times specifically in alfheim where i was definitely under leveled and was mm-hmm. getting my ass beat and I needed to a change up my strategy or b just come back yeah i think that's one of the ones that has some of the berserker fights you can encounter early that um kratos is not at that level yet like your gear is not upgraded um i kind of brute forced my way through some of them but yeah i was i was treating it like a Sekiro boss i was like okay you know slaps face between attempts all right got a true up here calm down think about what i did wrong in that last encounter visualize let's figure out you know how we can do this better and then like note by note make the same mistakes over and over (laughs) again for two hours um so there was a little bit of that but i don't know it's it's fun and the resets they're a little if i were to gripe if i were to just find like a thing to poke poke a gripe in uh the resets are like a little bit longer than i like if i'm going to be like death zerging a boss fight yeah um but that is honestly a very minor thing i played super meat boy that's the problem i played super meat boy where you can hit a button and it's just like you're at the beginning (laughs) let's go (laughs) what does the super meat boy have to load the meat boy sprite okay that's it (laughs) yeah yeah arguably a little bit harder to do in god of war um but i also i also there's there's an upgrade both this game had and the previous game which is like uh the casual consumable is what i'm going to call it so i used it all the time once i remembered uh but if you die you can press a button and if your companion's with you a companion is with you they'll revive you Mm. you can keep fighting um yeah i was trying some fights without it and past the point i realized that i'm just not that good and (laughs) it helps a lot yeah i just i didn't use that because i was taking valuable currency Mm. that i wanted for other things so i just died a lot more than i probably needed to it is the least valuable currency i will interject because it's just the hack silver yeah it's you get so much of it throughout the course of the game that unless you're trying to upgrade like every piece of gear and even if you are you can actually farm it at certain points it's if you start if you're playing god of war or you will play god of war and you're watching this listening to this full spoilers thing spend your silver on the revive item it's okay i enable you (laughs) i disable you with uh, (laughs) judgment but nothing else beyond that Uh i really don't give a shit i just it just wasn't for me yeah i I mean so found as i say i found myself okay if it makes you feel any better i use the one with rage the one that gives you like a full bar of rage instead of a ton of health Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. That's hardcore. I okay, forget what fine. I use my rage for, honestly. <laughs> um, oh, no. My rage, be- it became for healing. So it yeah. was just. Eh. Mm-hmm. That's but also I found what myself I used getting for. into the same pattern of play style where I would cycle between my weapons and be like, is my R1 up? Is my R2 up? And I was just yeah. like, 
chain special abilities, switch weapons, chain special abilities, use my other weapon. Uh, I just go through all of that. Then I look like, how much health do they have left? Well, got to buy some time. And then I would like hit them normally with a stick uh-huh. um, and then back off a little bit and then do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I beat the game, so fuck off. <laughs> but- <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And there, there are, to your credit, there are some pretty difficult main story bosses the berserker fights obviously more yeah. more even the uh but there are a couple that who are the guys rough. who come up out of the ground who are like really pissed they have two swords yeah the draugr yeah mm-hmm. they uh they fought surprisingly aggressively they are very much like the berserker fights they don't go to your level um and they have like an enrage mode and sometimes they get covered in fire and if they're covered in fire and you attack them, they explode, which just hurts anyone in melee, which is probably you. Yeah. Um, so until you kind of like learn that and work around it, they're they're terrible. But to the game's credit, they do provide what feels like a lot of options for uh, play style for combat because mm-hmm. you have three weapons. Spoilers. Uh, you have your axe, frost axe. You have yep. your flamey chain whips. And your fists. Uh, and then you get the... Yeah, for when you've you've thrown the axe, you're like, I don't know where the axe is, and you start punching people. Uh, There's a set of armor that's specific to it, though, specifically for using your fist. It may, it gives you a poison modifier and some other stuff. I really only use that in the first game for like building up stun. Yeah. Um, but like they also have the spear. But like in each of those, they have like, hey, here's some melee options. Here's some range options. Oh, are mm. you attacking while backing up? Here's another option for that. And I'm like, I'm going to hit the buttons until they die. Uh-huh. And then yeah. if I fuck up, you know, maybe learn from that mistake and go from there. But they really do give you a lot of options for every single thing. It feels like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The um, I really like the system in this one. I don't recall if everything came over. Um, we haven't really talked about shields yet, but in the original, I think shields were only for parrying and there was only the one type. Everything else was cosmetic. Uh, the spear is new to this game and the spear is my favorite, honestly. Um, it kind of like favors ranged, but it also has some other utility like stealing enemy elements and stuff. That um, was just super cool. And I actually like, so I was playing late and then I like went to bed and I was like, all right, Jenny, I've got to tell you about this magic item because this is such a cool idea for a ring. Like I had a character in a campaign where we made a magic spear. He could call back to himself, basically mm-hmm. kind of think like Thor's hammer of returning would be the suffix, right? But the idea that there's a magic ring that just generates infinite spears is just the coolest thing. And they use it to such great effect. Yeah. I didn't know where they were going with it initially. But I was like, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't really yeah. throw the spear too much outside of like this is the mechanic. Um, I did like aggressively just thrusting into people, zing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like a more aggressive option, even than the whips. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty balanced actually. Um, I don't think it has the highest damage. I think both the. Um... Uh, what are they? Blades of something edgy. Chaos. I can't remember the term. Chaos? Yeah. <laughs> of the, the maximum edgy. Have edgy. to I use am, chaos. I, I am going to kill chaos. Um, and the uh, Leviathan Axe. Both probably have better DPS. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I would Nerds assume so. On that. Just based off of it also doing like a stat modifier. Yeah. Which I don't think uh, Spear does by default. Yeah. Spear is... Um, it comes with luck as you level up your spear. It gives you luck, which is, is cool. So there's a bunch of different stats. I think they were the same kind of in the first game. And there's a bunch of different builds. You can equip different like gems for some, some different effects and things. I went mostly like um, not. Sh- I had decent strength, but like defense and luck, I think. Um, I had a bunch of like on proc effects. So um, spear's freaking great, though uh yeah big fan had a lot of uh a lot of good success with it and if you didn't use it a lot one of the cool little little tidbits is if an enemy's going to channel something and you've embedded some spears because here's the spear mechanic you can embed spears in an enemy some of the melee attacks sometimes ranged 
Um, and then there's a detonate button, which is like you slam your spear in the ground and there's this this metallic, you know, like metal on stone sound is the way to describe it, probably. Um, and the spears detonate wherever they are on an explosion that can interrupt enemies that are channeling an attack, including bosses. Oh, so like those orb enemies that when you encountered in the desert, there's a particular thing where it'll become vulnerable and you can put it in like a staggered state. Um, but only if you attack it when it's in that vulnerable state, throw a couple spears at it, just like attack it, just wait for it to go there and then hit the button straight to stagger. Hmm. It's great. There's strategy tactics. Like I said, I didn't use any strategy, <laughs> <laughs> but that is good to know. How did you feel about the uh, puzzle solving as far as uh, optional stuff? I'm not huge into it. It probably, hmm. I don't really like puzzles. <laughs> that's that's kind of the problem. So like they do something for pacing. I get that. Right. Maybe the game would be a little too, too much adrenaline if they took the puzzles out. But I don't think there was ever a time I came across one of the, the Nornier chests where you have to find symbols. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I am excited for what is about to happen. Correct. Yeah, it's. It's usually like a lot of just like panning your camera looking for stuff. It feels almost kind of too slow of a change of pace. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to throw my axe into this piece of purple and see where it bounces. Yes. And it'll give me yeah. the little peggle line for where it says it's going to go. Um, yeah, some of those it, it felt like I really had to keep looking around and positioning to the exact spot. And then when you find out what it is, you're like, oh, Okay. It doesn't yeah. feel rewarding in the same way. <laughs> it just feels like you're you're doing like a mini scavenger hunt each time. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, I've hidden three eggs. You're like, it's two AM, are we doing this? And you're like, Yeah. And uh-huh. then like the kid runs off, you're like, All right. Um Yeah. And some of them are timed. So like it'll be spinning. You have to like get all of them spinning at the same time. Yeah. Time with a Leviathan axe. Or detonate them with the spear or something like that. Like there's there's different types, but this, as well as some of the other collectibles in the game, the Ravens, there's Odin's Ravens. Oh. Odin is a character in the game. I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, I just, I just don't really like collectibles in games. Like, I don't know if any of them improve my experience versus I checked a side path and there was a chest and there was loot inside of it. Um, they definitely pad out the time, but I don't care about that. And I would almost consider that a negative. Right. So I did like figuring one or two out. Mm-hmm. But again, it's usually more of like a, oh, that's what you want me to do? Fine. Yeah. It, it feels more like you're. Mm, it just feels very begrudging, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. There's one that I didn't hate, uh, or hate is a strong word, but I, I kind of liked with the, uh, there's treasure hunt things where you would get like a picture of a location and. Uh, if you take a look at that picture, it'll be like for a specific area. You'll be like, ah, I've seen that statue knocked over. Um, I bet that's like, I know where that treasure is and you can just run and pick it up. And the treasure actually isn't spawned into the world until you get the treasure map. Um, and that's kind of cool. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit, uh, sea of thieves, which is, is not a terrible thing. See, I was going to use the same example as a counterpoint because I haven't played that much sea of thieves. So when I got a thing, I'm like, I don't know where the fuck this is. And then I'd put I'd put it away and keep playing. And at some point later, it's like, hey, you found the treasure. And I'd look at it and I'm like, oh, I guess it is the same place. Yeah. And then I would move on. Um, mm-hmm. It seemed very random to me, but I wasn't really looking out for that. Though I will mm-hmm. say, scenery-wise, it is very pretty. Yeah. It looks great. I love the the art design and the uh, the world there. I did not necessarily like traversing parts of the world where it gets into the, hey, you got to put your hand in these handholds and scale a cliff. And I'm like, oh, can I like drop down quickly? They're like, nah. Can I jump up quickly? Nah. Yeah. Okay. Now, to be fair, it is usually tied with story or like some dialogue where like two characters are talking. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense to like, hey, we don't want to interrupt this with action. So we'll give you a slower paced thing, mm-hmm. but 
maybe you've already completed that area. You're just kind of looking around for a collectible or just exploring for a box to punch to get some hack silver. And then it's like, hey, this feels awkwardly slow. Yeah. I think, and I could be wrong, but I think some of those hid some in-level loading of assets. Um, oh, anytime you were in a, a tunnel or something like that, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because, I mean, the obvious one is um, Yggdrasil, uh, the world tree, which you go back every time you load. And it was the same in the previous game. We just um, ran around in a straight line for like a thing. Like, oh, wait, there's the door. Yeah, it it's kind of novel until you remember that it's literally Assassin's Creed yeah. <laughs> where it let you jump around in the simulation um, until it was time to load in. Uh, but they do some dialogue. You can practice your move set if you want. Be like, oh, yeah, I can dodge back and then throw my axe and it'll spin in a circle or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I had the same. I have the same gripe, right? Like this is fitting into that nice bucket that's being full at this point of things that slowed down the pace of the game that I didn't particularly find moment by moment enjoyment in. But I acknowledge that the game is not like it's not supposed to be ghost runner always on or something like that. And maybe it would be fatiguing if you were fighting that much, but there are a couple big fights in the game and like battles that carry on a little bit. And I enjoyed those segments, right? So maybe, maybe we don't need the slow parts. No slow parts. 2023. That's mm-hmm. when next game's coming out, right? Uh, probably not. I, there's no, um, this is probably good end of episode thing, but I don't think there's any confirmed or even rumored continuation no. for the series. It will be a couple of years, likely. Yeah. They didn't do the same thing, though. They didn't have a teaser for this one. That's so. true. We'll see, I guess. Um, How yeah, do you I'm like fine. the uh, the characters added in this one? Sure. Because I would say there's a lot. Yeah. It felt like in game one, it's like Kratos, boy, Mimir, Mimir mm-hmm. Freya. Head, yeah. <laughs> um, And then like Balder and his relatives kind of. Yeah. Thor's brothers also were characters for a while. <laughs> Thor's um, sons. That's right. His sons. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't even remember their names. So <laughs> nobody knows. They do bring it up in this game a couple of times. Um, because like when you're playing as Loki with Thor, like they talk about that son that you explicitly stabbed when you were a little shitbag. Yeah. But again, I don't even remember his name after I played both games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't recall either. But uh, there there are a lot in this one. Right, they they introduce Freya, Freya's brother. Um, Freya becomes more of a character. Uh, Atreus uh, fills out his character arc like a lot more in this one, and that's that's actually a question I would ask because there there are playable segments here. So in the previous game, it was all all Kratos all the time, twenty four seven. You only need the edge, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like in this one, they do try to split it up, and have you play as atreus at times mm-hmm. how do you feel about playing as atreus and then also just atreus i kind of like it and him as a character like i understand like for the age that character is at like i understand the character yeah i don't necessarily like playing as the character He's like 14, I, 15, something like yeah. that in this one around. Yeah. Like, it's not like he has bad moves. It's not like he's a shittily written character or anything, but like, I don't want the teenage boy when I'm here. <laughs> I'm here for the bear, not the. <laughs> 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 but like. Which is funny because he does transform into a bear. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Uh, Game of Thrones missed opportunity. Mm. But I'm very much here for Kratos and his play style. Um, it's cool to have some ranged options as a trace, of course. Um, but the whole time it felt like I was waiting to catch back up with Kratos' storyline. Yeah. And what was going on overall. Yeah. Um, so like I didn't really care as much about like 
Atreus's backstory and the inclusion of, hey, all the giants are hiding in these pebbles uh-huh. and there's a bunch of them and that'll be for a DLC later. And I'm like, okay. Um, it just didn't <laughs> grab me in the same way. Yeah. I mean, that's fair to say. I'm I'm similar, similarly inclined. I think he's mostly a plot device in the greater story. Even the playable segments. I mean, I can respect what he does as Loki and like kind of not the most adept at it. This is not this is not Marvel Loki. You know, this is uh, he's he's still a boy becoming a man. Yes, he does not have advanced subterfuge skills skills at this point, but um, he does kind of get over on Asgard a bit, which is, you know, part of the plot is, uh, you know, Odin's the bad guy. Whoa. And he and the Asgardians are not somebody else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, uh, they're they're this big threat and they've done all this terrible stuff to the realm. And um, but Odin seems willing to use Loki to assemble this mask and look into a terror that was created when Ymir, the first giant, obviously you guys would be familiar with this if you watched Attack on Titan, yeah, um, died. And so Loki's like getting some of this information and it's not really clear how much work he's going to do with Odin. Um and so there's a little bit of ambiguity for his playable sections, but ultimately he's he's homeboy. So yeah, but I mean, at the point where it initially starts to happen, until like a a point much later in the game, towards the end of the game, uh, you are very unsure about. I wouldn't say Atreus's allegiance, mm-hmm. but you don't understand the full scope of everybody's intentions. And you feel like you you might be helping out the bad guys. Oh yeah, that's the vibe yeah. you have the entire time, and it doesn't feel good. Yeah, um, it is cool to see like the other side of things. Like you actually get to see Asgard, you get to see like the people there and how they interact with each other, and the effect of you know you murdering some other family. Like it actually tells more of a story, and it uh-huh. humanizes a lot of characters. Um, which I thought was a nice touch from a storytelling perspective instead of uh, how they did for Last of Us 2, where it's like, hey, how do we get them to care about these other people? <laughs> right. Kick the dog. <laughs> kick the dog. Always kick the dog. Right? Like it's the one plot device. Uh, oh, no, describe- James! <laughs> while you were describing that, I just imagined it's like a Mori episode, but it's like Odin and he's like, bring out Sif and bring out Atreus. <laughs> and then the crowd just like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it is a little bit like that, though. Yeah, they're like. Um, it, conflicting, conflicting motivations, for sure, for a lot of those characters. And it does have a a bit of a happy happy twist i don't know am i disappointed that the i ending... feel like you you jumped you jumped plot wise to something that past something i want to talk about sure let's jump back tear sure i teared up at many points in the story <laughs> particularly about <laughs> two hours guy. of attempts on that um, uh, berserker but <laughs> um yeah tear he, he, is this guy he's prophesized to uh lead a revolt against Odin and like take them down and start Ragnarok, etc. So like yeah. early on in the game, you help Tyr out by freeing him from prison mm-hmm. and then just kind of like hanging out the dwarf house with y'all. Um, and like you're essentially assembling the team slowly. Like, yes, you're on board with Freya now. You guys are no longer enemies. You get Freya as well who like, okay, I don't know too mm-hmm. much about that side character, but they exist. Yeah. Um, Tears also the Norse god of war. We should we should interject. So when they were both oh, yes. in the same room, I was just like, if they touch, is this like an antimatter thing? Where it's like, <laughs> I don't know. But like, just a cool character overall, mm-hmm. and I was invested about like, where is this going to go? Yeah, because um, Tears a then, pacifist. <laughs> that's the important. Thing. I really want to bring up the uh, the red versus blue joke from like fourteen years ago. 
I'm sure that's still very popular media, <laughs> and everyone except me will probably get it. Well, it's just uh, at the time it, the joke was the one character misunderstands a pacifist, and they're like, "Why are you calling him a pussy fest?" <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. No, he doesn't want to fight people. Yeah, so you call him a anyway. <laughs> Um, but like everything with Tyr's storyline is was interesting to me, mm-hmm. and then Tyr just fucking stabs Brock, oh, and yeah. he's like, "Yo, I've been Odin the whole time." Mm-hmm. Um, Baby's play in the background, like, <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like a really cool reveal because I did not know. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. they technically do leave some breadcrumbs. If you go and look back, you can then say, "Oh, I guess that would make sense." But you're not looking at it in the context of, is this Odin? Yes. You're just like this is gameplay. I've freed a character. I'm building the building the dream team. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole time you're doing everything as Kratos or Atreus. Like Odin has knowledge of everything that's happening because he's hanging out he's, with you guys. Just he's already soaking up the information. <laughs> Odin's coming from inside the house. Yeah, and it, it felt like a cool, a cool reveal, cool drop. Yeah. Because, like, the whole time, like, everyone says, like, Odin's, like, a shifty motherfucker and you shouldn't trust him. But they always depict him in game as, like, seemingly a mm-hmm. pretty reasonable person for every He's single Deckard interaction King. you have. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I did really like the reveal. I think it actually plays into, um, we've talked about the proper setup for a twist, which is you don't actually provide people enough information mm-hmm. that they'll figure it out unless they're like psychopaths um instead you just provide enough information that people are like huh first of all they don't notice it at all and then you start to ramp it up till there's a sense of unease or like i feel like i'm missing something and then you give them the twist and hopefully they figure it out right before you outright tell them um and this game nailed that perfectly yeah they did a they did a Westworld episode seven? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, um, that was nice. It was really cool. And uh, Tyr has, um, there's some setup in the post game which I did go through and and do. And I know we'll 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 go back and talk more about the plot and things like that. But Odin is manipulating. Um, he's doing a really good job of impersonating Tyr. And some of the few times that he screws up there's like a little foible to call somebody by the wrong name or something like that that's all a hint the entire time and mm-hmm. it has big um bioshock one vibes to me where it's like i wasn't gonna figure this out but you're right and now i'm thinking back to all those times and it all just fits in yeah um, i like the uh the knowledge drop into like that you look back and you're like oh all of these dots are now connected Yes, exactly. How did I not see the uh, the red string and mm-hmm. all of these clothespins in my wall? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. The murder wall has been assembled. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, really interesting character. And I liked the... Um, it's a big difference in the new God of War compared to the old one where Kratos is just like... He shouts all the time. I watched some clips and like that voice actor must have quit immediately afterwards because he had to shout every single line he said in the old God of War. Um, But in the new one, Kratos is a little bit reformed. He literally finds a pacifist God of War who's like, I'm broken. I am not willing to fight anymore. It's wrong to do so. And Kratos is like, I can work with this. (laughs) (laughs) This is not how old Kratos would have taken this. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So... I don't know. I, I, I like the character interactions. The character interactions are w- really well done. They've recorded tons of lines. Um, I, I mentioned it, but the previous game, Mimir, was often referred to as just head by Kratos. And pretty pretty exclusively, he calls him Mimir in this one. And there's, yeah. some, there's some brotherly back and forth ribbing and chuckling and stuff like that. It's, it's just it's wholesome. What somebody pointed out, it might have been Stacy, mm-hmm. um, but somebody said basically that like Mimir and Kratos do like this gay dad co-parenting of Atreus. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, you're right. That's funny. Um, Two and a half men. <laughs> one <laughs> one and one tenth and a half men. 
to be fair, Mamir is ahead above the rest. Um, there you go. But yeah, all of the character interactions, like you mentioned before, Atreus was like your only real side pal or companion mm-hmm. in the first game. But as you switch between, I'm playing as Atreus, I'm playing as Kratos, maybe you're teamed up with Freya, yeah. maybe you're teamed up with Brock or Sindri. Um, and there's a lot of good fleshing out the characters and the world dialogue and interaction between them. So it doesn't feel like meaningless. Anytime I have like a new matchup, I'm like, oh shit, yeah. Like I was stoked to do uh, Kratos and Brock. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Kratos is very terse and very like, give me the information. Let's do the thing. Mm. And then Brock's a foul mouth, but also very, he he doesn't do any bullshit. Yes. He doesn't do any like flowery language around something. He's just like, here's what it is. Um, yeah. But he's also surprisingly wise. <laughs> um, mm. So just having them interact together was like a really cool playoff of each other. Yeah, we didn't even mention them in our character lineup, Brock and Sindri. No. They're so they're so core, it seems like. And they, they serve like an even greater function in this one than the first game. Um, and they're more entwined with the plot and all of that. Um, but also they're also lo- just still love... the best characters. Like, they're they're just good. So... They're like... If Peabody and Atlas mm-hmm. had voices, or, or yeah, <laughs> they had voices. This is who they would be. I can um, see that. I can see that. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're solid characters, um, and it makes it all the more impactful. Like when Brock dies, because mm-hmm. like he's dead, dead, and then it yeah. fucks up with Sindri because he's partially responsible for like. I shouldn't say partially. He is responsible for mm-hmm. Brock not being able to come back to life again. Yeah. Because he lost uh, that key part of his soul. Um, but I like Dark Sindri, who's just like, rules up nature. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sindri's like always like super timid, like can't, he doesn't like things being dirty. He's very like, oh, mm. hmm, ah. <laughs> you know, one, one of those. He's a Peabody, if you will. Yes. Yeah. He's a um, Peabody. Yeah. And then when Brock dies, he's just, he doesn't he like he abandons everything he's like i don't care about any of that stuff because it doesn't matter yeah because i've lost brock so like there is no point to anything Mm -hmm. and like at the end of the game after you defeat odin Mm -hmm. and then you put his soul in a pebble and you're like what should we do do we have the right to you know really Mm -hmm. decide if somebody lives or dies and then cinder just comes up and just fucking crushes it yeah just crushes it with a fucking hammer and he's fucking he looks so angry all the time. Yeah. It's really funny. I love the moment for the the reversal kind of cuz like there's two two likely outcomes, right? Because Freya is the one who's been wronged by Odin like the most among the party present. Yeah. And it's just like is she she would be within our rights to just end him here. That's why she's here, right? And she's like the real treasure were the friends we made along the way and then just straight up grabs it and <laughs> smashes it and it's just it's such a good subversion um because Sindri doesn't care he doesn't stick around afterwards he just kills odin and leaves yeah did um, you end up going back and playing i did i did okay. do the the epilogue quest there uh, the funeral for brock um and you're like oh which, maybe we'll get some resolution with Sindri. nah <laughs> not really not really yeah, he's a uh, <laughs> uh, lord of hatred in the next Diablo game is Sindri. So we'll we'll see how that how that ends up. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They were they were great. There were other side characters too. Uh, Throod, um, I believe her name is. I, yeah. I I really like her. She has a very believable character. Who's like she's in the place where she kind of wants to be friends with Atreus right like um, and they start to build that friendship and it's not Romeo and Juliet because they're not like romantically into each other at all but it's like a companionship that is doomed by their families or it's like hey is your dad a crazy god oh my god oh my god me too (laughs) so is mine Uh, yeah (laughs) yeah Um, but but I think she's the game does a good job of making the bad guys believable which western media does not often do this is something i see more in anime yeah it's a lot of times it's over the top 
stuff for the sake of being over the top. Like it's getting a lot of like eighties films where it's how evil is this person? They mm. want to take down the ski slope for a business, but like they have them always be like, they have no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Yeah. Like they're just a twirling evil. They're just a douche for douches sake. Yeah. Um, and it, it sucks from a writing standpoint because like, I understand sometimes you're like, we just need an antagonist and that's the role that they will fill. Cool. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's always more interesting. This is a point you've always brought up every time we've brought up storytelling or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody is a hero in their own mind. Yeah. So it makes sense to apply that to the villain or the antagonist character of what are their actual motivations. And for a lot of good stories, now I'm going to uh, shoot myself in the foot by using a bad example of Fate's Stay Night. Okay, interesting. All right, I don't go. think it's a great anime by any means, but uh, you have these two characters, Kirito and the other one. I'm not um, going to be able to correct any of this. <laughs> all right. I've, I've, I watched this once a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not worth going back. Uh-huh. Um, but like you understand both characters' motivations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're on opposing sides for where they land, but you understand where both are coming from. Mm-hmm. And that is helpful because like, again, like put in that character's shoes and given like these events happen to them, that they would have this outlook on life. You're like, no, that actually makes sense. Right. Even if you don't like them, even if you don't want them to win, you can at least empathize with them or sympathize with them to a degree to say, I understand where you're coming from. I understand why the character would do that. Mm-hmm. Instead of just, they're on screen, everybody's booze and throws popcorn. You're like, oh, they're the, oh, the Grinch is on. They're the worst. Uh-huh, yeah. Cool. Like, Robbie, rotten. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> slip and fall on a banana peel. Um, yeah, I think this game nails it too, right? Like looking at the characters, the protagonist and the antagonist for each of them, I think by the end of the game, you can answer the question of what do they want or what did they want? Yeah. And that is the key. That is, that is the core that you build a character around, be them a hero, a villain. That is just their means that branches out of what they want, right? Like Thor wants a family, but he also wants acceptance. And Odin is not ever going to give that to him. Like, Throod wants a family. Sif wants a family. There's a lot of... You're going to see a lot of family themes in this game as you play yes. through. It's subtle, but you can barely pick them out. Um, Atreus wants meaning. He wants to find out what his, his purpose is. He also kind of wants a family. Freya is like... She wants her brother, um, and she wants revenge. But she kind of like through her her dialogue, uh, you get more of a glimpse that she's like deeply attached to her world and being stranded in Midgard for so long kind of separated her from this piece. Um, uh, Vanaheim is her realm. Mm-hmm. And like Kratos is just he wants what's best for his son. Full stop to any means necessary. Um, the villains are the same. Even the ones like Odin. I love Odin as a character, by the way. Because like every scene that he's in there, he's just like old man with a cane. Uh, but he gets he gets energized when he's looking about these secrets of the universe. And he doesn't lie about that. That is actually what he wants. The yes. thing that he hides is that nothing else matters to him. Yeah. Everything else is really... I don't say it means to an end, but like they just... They exist as other variables, pretty yeah. much. Because, um, like, one of the big turning points, obviously, is at the end where Thor's like, hey, guys, maybe we shouldn't. And then Odin just stabs him immediately, like, without yeah. question. And mm-hmm. he's like, I'm sorry that it came to this, or I'm sorry this had to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't sorry that he killed his son. He's like, you're in the way now. Yes. Yeah. You're a hindrance, not a benefit. Exactly. You're against me. You're not with me. That's all that matters. Yeah. Family just, doesn't mean anything. It's not like he turned on a dime. Like, I don't think he actually ever really cared about his son or the rest of his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very much like, a, how can they serve me for my overall goal or scheme? Yeah. 
which he's was really a, trying to look into the secret of the mask, which I don't think ever really gets explained. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It and is they, uh, some vague magic. They very explicitly close the door on it too, right? They're yeah. just like, in goes the mask and the portal's finally closed. Um, they would, we'll never know, which is fine. Um, I, I, like, I mean, to be fair, we all know what happens when you put on the mask. It's true. You become Jim Carrey. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> um, here's the thing. That mask is actually Loki's mask. Okay. Like, like in the movie, the mask, that is the origin of the mask. Ah, it is Loki's okay. mask. It was a wooden mask. Mm-hmm. In the Jim Carrey movie, too, it was very similar, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh-oh. Oh, no. It's all connected, baby. <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. I like... I, I, I think that's one of that's the strength though like if you if you go if you're gonna play this game and you've listened to this and you didn't have any interest in it but you're interested now i recommend it for the gameplay i recommend it for the story the first one's the same um but i mean they they did ramp things up i think in the second one coming out of here i was like fallout did this thing where there's this like the splash screens where it tells you how each faction had their ending and it's like and the brotherhood of steel were wiped out in the wasteland because some crazy guy with a plasma rifle showed up one day and went to town um and that's kind of the vibe i get for each of these characters there's even like the epilogue sequence where you're walking through and talking to them where it's just like it is their character cut mid credits yeah with them kind of stopping back in to say like how how's it going champ you know like i am kratos the god of war and they're like (laughs) 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 yeah um good game though i think it's great yeah um honestly just a high recommend still Mm -hmm. there's one or two i think minor missteps for like Things to me just seem unrelated for like a section of story here or there, or just maybe I didn't understand part of an interaction. Mm. Um, had very minor bugs in the way of like a companion not following correctly. Where right. the one time I mentioned, I think that one event didn't trigger, I just had to relaunch my game. Mm-hmm. But that's I, really it. Um, I had audio issues, but I'm playing on PS4. I don't know if that was the same for PS5. Um, if you had similar issues where it sounds kind of like tenny or machiney in the background, you can play around with it and move more of the dialogue into like the center channel. And that, that fixed it up for me. I did have to sacrifice some of that surround sound detection of uh, where dialogue was coming from, but it didn't matter. So you're going to ruin the main theme when that kicks in. Uh, uh-huh. oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just go straight into the Halo theme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know the. I don't know the other notes after that. Uh-huh. I know it's like deep humming. There, there is some humming. Yeah, but I recommend it. Um, as is often the case. I mean, this is this is an expensive game, but if uh, you have any interest in playing it, Dave left his copy at my house, so just reach out to me. <laughs> <laughs> um. We want to get this across uh, state lines and see how far to the West Coast we can make it, boys. Let's let's ship ship it around. (laughs) The 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 Brotherhood of the Traveling God of War CD or DVD. It'll be like the one hug bot that made it down to Philadelphia. Oh yeah, yeah. (laughs) And that's where it will die. (laughs) It it did die in an alleyway in Philly. So that's just that's just life. I don't know if that was a hug bot or if it was just traveling, but I know it was beat to death in an alleyway in Philly. That's the only thing I remember. Um, but I hope you guys aren't beat to death in an alleyway in Philly that's my my desire for this year um, if you guys have ideas for new episodes different games we could cover um, maybe maybe games that we could pretend that we covered but we don't actually play uh, you can send those into soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or you can join the discussion on Facebook owned by the Meta Corporation at facebook.com slash soapstone podcast um as always we'll see you in the next one